Welcome into Against the Spread, a sports podcast for people who don't know what they're talking about, by people that don't know what they're talking about. On today's Against the Spread, we are recapping our week one bets and also the games that, some of the games that happened, and then we are moving on to our NFL preview for the year. Also, joining us for the first time of 2019. Please welcome in Mr. Justin Smiley, back to the podcast. Guys, it feels great to be back. Oh, uh, oh man, listen to that deep voice. God, you gotta love it. Yeah, I'm telling you, 30 years old now, so voice <laughs> a little deeper now than it was last year. Finally a man. <laughs> yeah, finally. All right, so let's get started. Against the Spread is brought to you by Natural Light Seltzer. Want to mistake people into thinking you're classy while also being the cheapest person at the party? Drink Natural Light Seltzer today at your local grocery store. So, last week, uh, in the surprise of the century, Dylan did better than me and Corey gambling and went 2-0 and in his picks. You know, it was, it's just one of those things, um, you, I, you know, I never saw coming. So, um, I'm just very proud of myself, and I'm hoping that this sets up the path of success for this season. Also, the Bet Your Mortgage Lock of the Week hit. So, you guys, if you took out every bit of equity in your home and, uh, you know, invested it into my pick, you are welcome. You can now buy another house. So... <laughs> What was that pick? Uh, it was Georgia minus 22. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was the, yeah, that was definitely a good lot. Oh, uh, one by 25. So. <laughs> yeah. They, they didn't blow them away like I thought they were going yeah. to, but yeah. A little bit scary. So, Corey's 0-2 so far. His Notre Dame pick and my Notre Dame pick are still active for tonight. Not the best weekend of football, but not also not the worst. There were yeah. some really good games, and then there were some you were just like... All right, I'm wow. going to turn the channel. Right. Let's start off early. Uh, let's go start off with Clemson game. Uh, it was kind of, it was happening as we were recording the last one. You got some of our reactions in the episode. But to me, the story of Clemson is going to be how much can they rely on Travis Etienne throughout the year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence showed some signs of potentially maybe trying to fit some stuff in there and being a little overconfident in his arm. Uh, kind of kind of like a Jameis Winston uh, in 2014 where he's a little too confident in his ability. But I, by the time the season's over, I kind of see that getting fixed. So, Yeah. Uh, last year, being his first year as a starter, uh, I think he was a lot more conservative. Although he would – I mean, he, did, he was aggressive at times, but – 
watching the Georgia Tech game, there are definitely some throws that I don't think he would have attempted last year. Yeah. Um, that will be kind of the thing to watch going forward as he continue to do that week in and week out. I, we saw that from Tua some last year, um, but I agree with you. I think it's something that he'll fix as the season goes along. So I think you'll see a fix in it this upcoming weekend. One thing I don't think he has to really worry about that much when he does try to throw some of the balls that are kind of errant, so to speak, is they're not going to hurt him. Yeah, he's going to throw a pick here and there, just like Tua did eventually, but they're outmatching everybody they go up against yeah, to, to across the board until they get to the playoffs. Honestly, really. playoffs. Playoffs, yeah. Yeah. They'll, yeah. So, I mean, really the only game they've got is next week against A&M, and I think you'll kind of see him, like you said, kind of go back to last year's kind of conservative play, you know, playmaking abilities he has. I think he'll they'll have a little bit more of a different game plan, so to speak. Yeah. But, they, they're they not going to have a threat on their schedule for the rest of the year. So, I, I don't really mind some of the throws he made. And you're throwing it to Justin Ross and T. Higgins. Yeah, I mean, I so, mean, I mean they're just average receivers. So, I mean, yeah. you can just kind of throw it somewhere in there probably going to catch it. <laughs> which literally happened in the national championship last year with Justin Ross. He just tossed it up to him. And Pretty sure he just scored again. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we move on to Saturday. Uh, Saturday morning game, Florida State versus Boise State. They had us in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and it's a tale of two halves. Boy, something happened at halftime with Kendall Brawls and his play calling, where none of there. It was almost a completely different scheme from half to half. And why you went away from what was working to playing this ultra conservative half, I'll never know. Um, it allowed Boise State to come back because you just, you were making mistakes and also not put, putting up points when you didn't make mistakes. So Boise State comes back from, what was it, 31 18, to, I think. No, oh, yeah, they were down 18. Yeah. Um, 31 13, I think. Yeah. Like that. And win the game. Uh, not great, and especially on the defensive side of the ball for Florida State. As many as much talent is on that side of the ball for Florida State, there is no reason that they should have gotten completely ran over by that Boise State rushing attack like they did. Kudos to the freshman of Boise State. Yeah, uh, coming in, you know, first game against Florida State. Albeit, you know, Florida State's not who they were the past, like, you know, four or five years ago. But it's still Florida State. It's in actually Tallahassee, which yeah. kind of throws in an extra little, you know, factor, so to speak, starting your first game in, uh, Dope Campbell. But kudos to him. Just coming in there, you know, not really getting down once they're down 18, you know, still running the offense. And, you know, I, I kind of called that game. I figured they would at least keep it close enough to cover the, I think it was a five and a half point spread, but you can kind of see it changing. Um, the one play that stood out was that fumble when Florida State didn't fall on it. That was yeah. kind of like the wow. tail of the game yeah. right there. They fall on that. I think that's a that, that, that's, that's a game, game changer really right there. I think that wins the game for them. Moving on now, uh, I really don't want to harp on that one too much. In in a, in a roundabout way, does it? Can you get any hope from that? In that, I think offensively, right? Yeah, there's a lot of hope offensively. Defensively, they've got to shore that up, man. I mean, you just got guys out of position, just, I mean, looking lost. And when you're in the right position, you just get ran over 
trying, trying to make, make a tackle, tackle, and you're a former five-star outside yeah. linebacker. And, oh, my God. And uh, let me just say, watching a Florida State football game with Chase is – Somewhat entertaining, but somewhat somewhat sad at the same time. <laughs> it's like watching a game with him that he has obviously placed a bet on, and it is not going the right way. And then something else happens. He gets excited. I mean, he goes through the range of motions like you do watching Marley and me. Well, it's probably the same range of motions that you guys had pre-probably 2013 with Alabama. Because ever since then, you're just like, oh, yeah, this is this is great. You just kind of really ever yeah. ever since 2008. 2008. Really, 2008. I mean, I mean going, yeah, yeah. But I'm still counting like the Auburn 2010. The 2010 year was really it was up and down. Yeah, that yeah. was up and down year. Ever since then, maybe it's been kind of a coast. Blake Sims 2014 year. Going into that year, I was yeah. yeah I didn't know how to be. Well, good segue. Speaking of Alabama, the 42 to three demolition of Duke. Uh, if you watched anything past the first quarter, you thought, holy moly, Alabama absolutely destroyed them. If you watched the first quarter... What the crap? Yeah, you yeah. kind of... I mean, Alabama didn't look great. They didn't look bad. They just couldn't score and move the ball, really. So. Uh, offensively, they didn't have any rhythm. Tua, I think, struggled. There were a lot of times throughout the game, but especially the first quarter, where I think he kind of had predestined where he was going to go with the ball before the snap because... There were at least three plays I can think of off the top of my head where Waddle, Judy, or Ruggs were wide open going downfield because mm-hmm. Duke, to start the game, was playing man coverage, yeah. no over-the-top safety hell. Yeah. Um, Those receivers have to get open in that. Well, yeah. And they were. Yeah. But he's got to see that. Well, here's the thing is Tua has kind of regressed in his ability to go through his reads. You know, we saw Jalen, he had under – under Kiffin, he more more or less had a one read type op- option offense, where you make the read option, you make the one throw. If that's not there, you dump it off or you run, and that was really it. And we're kind of starting to see that maybe a little bit with Tua, and I think you definitely saw it last year in that pick play where Irv Smith was wide open, and Tua before the snap even happened had his mind made up. Hey, I'm throwing this deep ball and Clemson read it. Corner that was supposed to be playing the buzz zone to cover that Irv Smith route took off and picked the ball off to and never saw him there because he read the defense as a complete zone cover two and it turned into a cover three with that, uh, corner hauling butt backwards. It almost seemed to me like, what have you heard to us say? a dozen times over the past two weeks. You can't go broke making a profit. I'm going to take what they give me. And it's almost like that's been drilled into his head so much over the offseason. Like, you went for the big play too much. You went for the big play too much. That to a fall in the Duke game, for the most part, he was looking for the five-yard throws, six-yard throws. He really – I mean, how many deep throws did he really have? Not a ton. He didn't try a ton. And the ones he did were almost picks. Yeah. Now we're on to the Oregon-Auburn game. Not not a great game by either – team really both looked very beatable Oregon was the top team for the Pac-12 going into the season I you know some people were really high on Utah but for me Oregon was the top one I think this game Auburn is kind of a middle of the pack 
SEC team. Uh, and that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say like yeah. five or six. So I, I think I think this might this one game might have eliminated the Pac twelve if Utah loses a game from the playoff in week one. It's just funny putting Pac twelve and playoff together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it Pac twelve's only hopes now I think fall on to uh, Utah as much as that hey, to say. Hey. You, you forgot one team. Oh, Washington? Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. <laughs> you have to stand with Stanford. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, no. There. Anyways, mm. moving on. We we all predicted this game, though. I think when we were all talking about it Friday night, we all said, we know it's going to happen. I mean, it, it's they're going to find a way to squeak it out at the end. Yeah. Even though we all, I think, for the most part, agreed outside of defensive line, we're going to probably have the most talent across the board mm-hmm. that – it just felt like a game Auburn was going to find a way to win. And despite being up 21-6 and having a chance to probably put them away a couple of times, Oregon let them hang around and the voodoo appeared. Yeah. Um, and it's always games like this that Auburn squeaks out that during their championship years, they've it always – It makes them dangerous. It, it's always happened that way. It's always started like this. How much – do you think Auburn uses this to motivate them for the rest of the year? Do you now consider them maybe if Bo Nix comes into his own kind of like he did in the end of that game, how much do you all think Auburn has a chance of potentially competing for a championship? They can compete. I mean, their schedule, you get both although you it's get brutal. Both Georgia and Alabama at home this year. So While their schedule is brutal, yeah. they can always – I mean, they've got a chance. But I, I still think Bo Nix is going to have a – I say this, I don't mean bad on anybody, but I still think he's going to have a, a blow average year according to the expectations of the fans. Maybe not himself, but I don't think he's going to meet the fans' expectations. They're going to sit there and they're going to praise him and praise him for making one throw, which the safety made a horrible play on. Yeah, he did. But that one throw is going to, you know – be in the minds of all the fans, and yeah. they're going to expect so much more now that he led them to victory, and he made you know two plays on that drive that I can remember, the run on fourth down and the throw to Seth Williams, which, again, would have never happened if the safety just looks. But they have a chance, but like last year, they found out a way to beat Washington, and, you know, look what happened. So I still think there's question marks around Auburn. Yeah, I think, I think he definitely won the team officially over with this fourth quarter performance, but – you can't let the fourth quarter completely uh, take your attention away from the first three quarters. Because there was a time in the third quarter where I was thinking, if he continues to struggle, do they maybe throw Gatewood in there to mix it up for a play or two and just see what can happen? But I think in a way they really should. That should be a package of theirs that they have in there. Now, I like not doing it game one to show that you have confidence in your freshman quarterback. Yeah, but I think that definitely needs to be a package somewhere for Gatewood to come in and make a play or two here or there. But you know, with Oregon, you have they drop the end zone or the touchdown to the back of the end zone, and then they have to kick a field goal and they miss it. I mean, there were yeah. tons of opportunities there to, to knock it away, and they just they left them in there. Sad Auburn voodoo. Last night, Houston uh, played Oklahoma. This was a roller coaster ride. If you had the over, just. Asked me and Mr. Smiley over there. It was it was almost unbearable. 
Also, I completely tore uh, Houston's quarterback apart. He might be the worst reader of defenses to ever play Division One football I've ever seen. I'm a 26-year-old guy who never played football after the ninth grade, and I'm making better reads of defenses than this Division One quarterback. That shouldn't happen. But the real story of the game, Jalen freaking hurts. Yeah. It. This is by far probably one of the best stories college football has ever seen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a Disney movie waiting to happen. Uh, you know, he goes to Alabama as the underdog freshman, wins the job, king of the castle, gets knocked down, um, criticized pretty heavily by some people about how poor he's played. And then now he's gone to Oklahoma. He's the team captain. He breaks a single-game record, his very first start. If they... <laughs> I knew Oklahoma was going to be good this year, and I know you can't base it totally off of running the score up on – well, not necessarily running the score because the defense didn't play great, but playing so well against Houston. But still, I mean, I think you saw the characteristics there of a really, really good football team. It just makes you wonder if Alabama ran a little bit different of an offense to tailor a mate or to fit Jalen what Alabama would have done. You put certain quarterbacks in certain offenses, they're going to excel. Now, saying all that about him breaking records over Oklahoma, they only beat him by, what, 18? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. he did all that, something that Baker didn't do, Kyle Murray didn't do, and they only won by 18. I, I, I could still see them struggling this year, actually. It's all because of that defense yet again. So. Yeah. I think a lot of it's going to depend on how well their defense plays because I still think – that Jalen's going to be put in a situation to where he has to make certain throws, and until he can prove it, which he did that final drive in the SEC championship game yeah. a few times, but i got to see it over the course of a whole season. Uh, I think that the game against TCU and then the game against Texas are his real – because those are the real times he plays in actual defense this year. Those are going to be the yeah. real telltales of just how good this Oklahoma team actually is. Don't forget Kansas with less miles. Oh. Let me say this. You know my hate for the Oklahoma Sooners. And, it I mean, it's, as much as I love Jalen, it just was too tough to watch him go and succeed at a school that you just hate so much. And you find yourself rooting for in the end because you want him to succeed because you know who he is. You know what kind of player it is. I mean, it just sucked last night, to be completely honest. The only thing that would have made it worse is like if Patty Gasso had been on that sideline last night and like You know she was there. What? You know she was there. She probably was there with her hay next to her. (laughs) A special bell of hay and the concession stand just for her. Yeah. But if you're a dual threat high school quarterback, Tally recruited, how do you go anywhere else but but Oklahoma? Very good Oklahoma. Back-to-back years, Heisman Trophies, back-to-back years, first-round draft pick, number one overall pick at that. And Jalen, not going to say that he's not going to be, you know, a top two or three-round pick, but, I mean, if he runs the offense as well as the last two did, he went from being a undrafted free agent to working his way into a roster. He went from – Having to become a wide receiver or running back in the NFL to now 
He probably maybe play, probably play some quarterback in the NFL. A team will give him a chance. Well, a, te- a, a team will give it. Himself. They'll give him a clipboard. Yeah, but I can see. It, yeah, kind of being like a, if he's willing to accept that role. Who's the guy? It's Joe Webb. He's the guy that stayed in the league for so long just because he accepted the role of playing kick return, not kick return, but kick coverage. He's playing he's receiver or something. Like he's just this utility guy. I believe. Joe Webb, UAB? Yes. Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Seems like that was forever ago yeah, when he was there. But he's been in the league that long, man. He's just because he's willing to do whatever. All right, so let's move on now to our NFL preview. Let's start in the NFC. And let's go NFC East and start with the Dallas Cowboys because our, our boy Dylan over here is a uh, big fan of the Dallas Cowboys along with Skip Bayless. Uh, the win total for the Dallas Cowboys is nine this year. That's where it sits. There's a ton of guys that are looking to get long-term contracts here. You got Cooper, you got Dak, you got Zeke. I think the solution to all of them wanting to get paid so much is you sit all three of them down. You ask them, do you want to play together? Do you want to play for championships? If they say yes, you tell them a number and you lock them in a room and say, you guys figure out how to split that number between you three. Say the three names one more time. Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. They all want to get paid. While they all want to get paid, I can understand Zeke and Amari, but Dak, Dak Prescott will not lead the Dallas Cowboys to a title, to a Super Bowl championship. I think he will as long as he takes less money and allows guys like Deke or Deke, like Zeke and Cooper to play around them. And then you can't forget, they've got one of the top three offensive lines oh, in, every the, year. in the league right now. Those guys have got to get money too because they're going to another team and another team is going to pay each and every one of those guys probably, probably more than they're making now to get on their line. And then if you ask them, hey, do you want to – play together and win together and they say no you just start trading them because their trade value right now is just through the roof, through the roof. Yeah. yeah so well we say that but Amari Cooper I mean he got what, what was it just one first round draft pick yeah which yeah. is still not a bad trade so to speak but, but what do you think you're going to get for him now um, you can probably get a lot because Dallas was 29th in past success rate last year before Amari Cooper after the Amari Cooper trade, they ranked 10th in passing success rate. That's how much of a difference that one player, that one trade made to that team. So I think with that stat, Amari Cooper's value went through the roof just after after that. Uh, nine of the 10 wins last year for the Cowboys were by one score or less. History tells us that teams with that stat usually slip the following year. So... Your initial thought is to go with the under on the nine. However, they're playing one of the 10 easiest schedules in the league, so I lean the over at nine for Dallas here. Is it nine straight up? Just Yeah, nine. just nine straight up. I have a feeling that I actually want push. I think push. If we can go with push, then I'll say push. Yeah. I think nine's actually dead on with them. Yeah, I agree. Of course, I mean, they have – they should beat the Giants both times. They probably should beat the Redskins, I would say, twice. I think they should win both of those series, both games. Eagles, they might split with the Eagles. 
So there's your five. There's five of them right there. Don, do you have anything to say about the Cowboys? Well, you know, what was it nine? You said. Um, I, I'm going to go on the over as well. I think the biggest problem with them is their this is the egos. I, I mean, I really think if you get egos in check, I, and like you said, if you can get those three together, and if they play like they need to, yeah, I, I would I would take the over on it. Um, do you pay next? Do you pay Dak? Do you pay Dak forty um, million? Oh heck no, no, he ain't <laughs> worth that. He is not worth that. I'm sorry, he's not. Well, you don't have to apologize to me. Apologize to him. Pull. No, he, you have he, access he to I me. Mean, until until you can actually prove something. No, I'm well, sorry. Win a Super Bowl, and then then maybe we can talk. If I'm the Cowboys starting today, I'm back channeling and just reaching out to Andrew Luck. Like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> a month from now, like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> well, you know, um, since the Colts let Andrew Luck keep that money, they still have the rights to him. Really, the remainder of his contract. That's why they let him keep the money. So, uh, Dak, Dak should. Well, they they offered, or he wants forty, and they're offered yeah. how much? They offered thirty, yeah, which is 30. That's which is stupid too. Much. too. Yeah, like I wish there was a way I could look up and pull up the top ten salaried quarterbacks right now. And you, you know, one of them is Kirk Cousins, and that's the that's the salary that's like adjusted the whole quarterback pay for the league. Is Kirk Cousins is so overpaid that every other quarterback has been like, I'm so much better than him. Exactly, I need that money. And that's all. All it takes is one contract, and it throws everybody. But what's worse is he took less money to go to the Vikings. He had a bigger offer from the Jets, but he wanted to win, so he went to the Vikings. Yeah. Why would the well? That was before they drafted Darnold. Darnold, Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the Giants. Their win total sits at six. Aside from Saquon, is there anything offensively to be excited about? For this team, uh, if I was a Giants fan, I'd be excited to see Daniel Jones. Yes. If you decided to now, put Elon on the bench, outside of that, no. there's a fun prop bet out there that sits at four and a half, and it's the number of starts for Daniel Daniel Jones this year. I might take the over. It should yeah. it should be over. I honestly think they need to roll him out week one and let him sink or swim because you know what you have with Eli. You know he doesn't have the arm anymore. His arm strength isn't there. His decision-making has never been the best. And he just had probably one of the top, I mean, if not the top, one of the top three wide receivers in the league, and he couldn't get him the ball even though he was constantly open. He would consistently miss him. Corey Coleman's out for the year. Golden Tate suspended. They got rid of some of the offensive linemen on already a bad offensive line, and I, I just don't know. Like, to me, you need to get rid of Eli, get rid of his yeah. contract, rebuild with the offensive line to get Saquon some holes, and just start Daniel Jones. Just start the kid and build. Well, he would give your team so much more energy and enthusiasm because you, yeah. you know what you're going to get with Eli. Um, one thing, though, that I don't think we've seen yet. If I have, please correct me on this. But we're in the age of player empowerment and players making business decisions about themselves. When are you going to see a guy like Saquon say, okay, if we're tanking, I'm just going to sit out the rest of the year because I'm not going to waste my prime playing for a four-win team? Or do you think that that's something that you will never really run into? I mean, I don't think Saquon would do that necessarily. I think it's happened before. I think think there have been injuries – Two guys that have been made to seem worse than what they were, 
and guys just sat out the rest of the year. Yeah. So. I think I think kind of in a way happened with Devontae Freeman last year with the yeah, Falcons. For sure. He probably could have come back for the second half. At that point, Atlanta made the smart decision to just sit him the rest of the way. So, win total sits at six. I'm on the under there. It's it's not going to be pretty for the Giants this year. Definitely under. under. All right, so moving on to the Eagles. Win total sits at ten and a half. The biggest question for me is whether we get a full season from Carson Wentz this year. They got a couple running backs uh, in the offseason to ease the pressure on them after finishing 31st in the league in yards per rush last year. Uh, with the talent and health on the O-line last year, that number really should have been way better. They returned them all this year, but they stalled in the red zone last year, only scoring touchdowns on 59% of their trips to the red zone. I don't think that's going to repeat itself. The defense is going to be really good for them this year, and... I think the over 10 and a half is the play on the Eagles. Yeah, I think I'm going I'm to go over because I think they win 11 exactly. Yeah. All right. So Washington Redskins, their win total is six and a half. Dwayne Haskins needs to start week one. This team is on a rebuild. You've got to start the, I, you've got to start the rookie. They don't have any legitimate receivers around him. Uh, wide receiver one right now for the Redskins is Paul Richardson, who can't stay healthy, and an aging Adrian Peterson is listed at RB1. This offense was 29th in scoring last year, and it's going to get worse this year. Uh, the O-line is injured already, and it doesn't have a lot of depth to start, and they face a top five defense as far as run defenses go. So whoever's under center has got to get help from the receivers. It's, it's not going to be a good year. They better pray the Alabama defense shows up week in and week out. Yeah, that's legitimately the only bright spot for the Redskins is their defense. But unless their defense can put up 21 points and pick sixes and fumble recoveries, it's, it's not going to be good. Well, Jonathan Allen and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Collins. Anderson, I mean, they, they made a knack for making plays and scoring touchdowns at Alabama, Let so they could do it here. Plays. Just play the whole game. Um, the under on the six and a half is the for sure play. For I like the under on that. Yeah. I said I went seven. going to be that trail of tears mm. for them this year. Oh, no. <laughs> I go. <yeah. laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't have to put that in there. I'm, I'm going to. Yes. We're lose. I, I say seven. I think they go over, barely. Oh, you think so? I think they beat the Giants twice. I think they split with the Cowboys. That's three, and I think they find four more. Cowboys are good for a letdown every year, at least one. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And it's probably going to be like a Sunday night in D.C. All right, so the final standings for me uh, in this division, I have the Eagles winning, uh, Cowboys coming in second, Giants, then the Redskins. I have Cowboys, or excuse me, I have Eagles, Cowboys, Redskins, Giants. I agree with Chase. Thank you, Dylan. All right, so NFC North now. I'll start with the Bears. Their win total sits at nine. They definitely overachieved last year, uh, running a one-read system for Trubisky, like I just talked about uh, with Jalen at Alabama. I expect to see this offense open up a bit more for him. The defense was the highlight of this team, ranking first in scoring defense last year. They're now under a new coordinator, Chuck Pagano, who is a defensive mastermind. 
I think we see more of the same, and I like the over nine in wins for the Bears this year. Yeah, I like I like over nine. If it was, I'm thinking if it was like ten and a half. Yeah, I'd yeah, be, then I'd be more cautious. But yeah, I, I I like Trubisky more than most people do. I'm not saying he's elite or top tier by any means, but I think he's serviceable with that defense. I, I think he's one of those that. He's never going to ask for too much money. He kind of Because knows. he knows who he is. Yeah. yeah. Very and, self-aware. And you can, without paying that quarterback position so much, you can build around him and put stars around him and run that one to two read system where he looks a lot better, but all he's doing is getting the ball quick to his playmakers, letting them make guys miss and score touchdowns right. for him. I'm going to go on a limb and say they win the division. Oh, I have yeah. I think they beat the Vikings out. I think the Vikings get a wild card, but I think the Bears end up winning the division. I agree. The Lions, their wins sit at seven. The offense completely changed their identity last year from a pass heavy offense to a run first offense to set up uh the pass and uh pro style offense. But they didn't use the play fake, which made them predictable and ultimately led to Stafford having one of the worst years of his career. Running back Kerryon Johnson has a very bright future, but the future is not now for the Lions. The Lions were basically made a middle, were basically a middle of the pack defensively last year, and they play a tougher schedule of offenses this year than they did last year. I take the under seven on the Lions. I'm going to go on a limb and just say they score. I think they get eight. You, I'm, just, I'm, 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 just, going, I'm going to go and let me say eight. I'm going over. By I'm one. going under. I, I think it's time for them to start planning for whoever's going to take over post Stafford. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that 100%. I could see Stafford on the Denver Broncos within the next three years is if the, they don't draft one. Is the Denver Broncos just become becoming this place like guys go right before they retire? Like Flacco's yeah. going there now. Peyton went there. They have a thing for tall quarterbacks. That's true. <laughs> Tim Tebow was there. Oh, no. <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> All right, so next is the Green Bay Packers. Their win total sits at nine. Uh, they're coming off the fewest regular season wins under Aaron Rodgers since his first season as a starter. Green Bay's gone four straight years of going under the Vegas win total for them. Matt LaFleur is known to want to run the ball, but with Aaron Jones at RB1, I'm not sure that's really the best course of action. And, I mean, when's the last time Green Bay was a real run-first team? I can't remember. I mean, even when Eddie Lacy was good those two years, they still weren't. I'm no. thinking back to, like, Brett Favre days. I think it would have been, yeah. Like, no, even then, I can't I can't, I can't remember, remember them being... <laughs> there was one they had that was pretty decent. It was like, is it a mod green or something like that? That was way back in the yeah, day. But was was was, <laughs> White was, yeah, yeah. Was prime. Tom Montgomery wasn't bad when they let him go in there. Uh, well, he played more receiver than yeah. running back, didn't he? Well, they ended up putting yeah. him uh, running back uh-huh. at some point, I think. He's on the, uh, he's on the Bears now. I think he's their running back because they got rid of Jordan Howard. Yeah, true. And they yeah. got Tariq Cohen's their starter. Yeah. yeah, and they drafted a rookie, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with running too much is I think that could lead to Aaron Rodgers possibly throwing another tantrum like he did last year uh, and not having the ball in his hands as much as he wants. And then their defense is definitely not something to hang your hat on for this team either. They lose 
some of their all-pro guys that they've had for years and years, including Clay Matthews. I'm on the under for the Packers this year, and I think they missed the playoffs again. What's the number again? It's nine. I think they go under. I think they get eight, yeah. so I'm going to go under. So on to the Vikings. Their win total sits at nine. Uh, Kirk Cousins is your quarterback. You're not winning the Super Bowl. And the Bears' defense probably gives him nightmares every single night. If they're going to run as much as they want, the O-line has to improve. With them drafting Irv Smith, it kind of looks like they're going to run a two-tight-end look all year to help, but the O-line itself is still subpar. Uh, the defense returns 10, star- 10 starters, and the secondary finally looks healthy there. I think that's the one bright sp- or one of the bright spots for them. I think nine is really the perfect number for them, and I think it'll push. But with this defense, it could go over, so I would play the over, and most likely it'll push. Mm. I think this one pushes. Yeah. Uh, I'll go push, lean under, if I had to do over, under. Last year put a really bad taste in my mouth for Kirk Cousins, who I've never really bought into. So they sneak in and get 10. So the standings for the NFC North, I have the Bears winning, and then the Vikings, then the Packers, and then the Lions. Yeah, I agree with that. That's where I am. Um, quick question, though, about the Packers. Mm-hmm. Let's say they miss the playoffs this year again, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't necessarily get along with LaFleur. Do you consider... Parting ways. Do you consider saying, you know what, you before Rodgers with Rodgers? Yeah. In terms of like, you've got a couple more years left. Go play somewhere competitive. I think it's just best for us to part ways because you could get you're going to get a good haul for him. Still, somebody out there is going to want to probably get some good draft picks for him. Dallas yeah. Cowboys would take him. Yeah, you don't have to pay forty million dollars. Then they will win a championship. They really, honestly. They probably would. I think so. Yeah. I think you put him in Dallas. I could see them winning a championship. Yeah. What's this the year? one? Thing, I would like that actually. What's the one thing that Aaron Rodgers has never had? A good offensive line. A good offensive line. Play- Playmakers. All good running around. back. Okay, there's more than one thing. <laughs> yeah, you're right. A good running back. A good running back. Good running back. Can catch passes and make plays after he catches those passes. And you pay Zeke, let Dak walk, bring in Aaron Rodgers. You're winning the Super Bowl. Or you're at least one of the top favorites. You may not have a first-round pick for the next three years, but it's worth it if you win the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's always worth it. It's all about the championships. Winning a championship erases everything. Like Cleveland, they couldn't be happier, and they're going to be in turmoil for the next century in the NBA. But by God, they won a championship, so they're happy. Yeah. All right, in the NFC South, we'll start off with the Falcons and Corey's beloved team. The win total sits at eight and a half. They were bitten hard by the injury bug last year. They make some good signings on the O-line and draft picks there as well. Dirk Cutter returns as OC. He's my pick to be the next USC head coach, as we discussed in the last episode. And his scheme really fits Matt Ryan and those wide receivers way better than Sark's ever could hope to because Sark is... One of the worst offensive coordinators I've ever seen. Yeah. There's really, even in this Alabama game, it's you throw it short and you just let your playmakers play, which works at Alabama, but it doesn't work in the NFL. No. At all. 
And it really might not work with Alabama when they get to these tougher defenses like Auburn or like Clemson if they, or, yeah, yeah. if they get to Clemson. So I think LSU is actually going to be a tougher matchup defensively this year for us than Clemson. If yeah, we were to both I can see that, yeah. I yeah. actually can see that. Um, this is really the last year for Atlanta, in my mind, with the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman kind of trio of them being good, all three of them yeah. at the same time. 13 of Atlanta's 16 games are in a dome this year. Matt Ryan's stats in a dome versus outside are Night and day. unbelievably better. Uh, the offense should be really good this year. The problem I have is Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was brought in to fix the Atlanta defense. The best years that the Atlanta defense have had is because of Kyle Shanahan's offense and because the defense wasn't on the field. So... Last year, they were 31st in, in defensive efficiency and have finished below average in every year of Dan Quinn's tenure. This should be a Super Bowl team with this offense, but with this defense, I see another playoff sitting at home. Take the under on the 8.5 for the Falcons. Corey, before you start, <laughs> I know this is your uh, your expertise in the Falcons, so to speak, but... Uh, this is my hot take preseason. Mm-hmm. Four starts. Falcons start off the year six and zero, making to the playoffs, have an outside shot at getting in the Super playoffs. Bowl. I hope you're right. No, I hope you're no. right. I, no, fam. I hate to spoil it. I actually do go with the over. If their defense was healthy last year, they were going to be in the playoff mix. What gives me some hope is the Buccaneers are going to be tanking, or you would hope that they oh, are. God, I hope um, I don't know we'll that the Panthers. It's going to all depend on Cam Newton and his health. Uh, Saints are obviously going to be the best team in the division, but I, I think they go over. I think they win nine games, maybe ten, and I think they're in the mix for one of those last few wild card spots. Um, but you know, decisions were made during the draft. You you need a defensive lineman, um, deepest defensive lineman draft class in probably two decades, and you draft two offensive linemen. So. Um, <laughs> You're tied up contractually with your money, so you can't sign a big free agent while well, yeah, your think, opponents did. But I think the Bucks might trade Vita Vea too. If you, if we'll give you Tack McKinley. Yeah. Well, yeah, we don't need a defense lineman. Please don't give us one. We have more than we need. All right. Just one quick thing while I looked it up. You know, we talk about Atlanta's defense. Yeah. Um, their defense really was not that bad. They ranked 31st in defensive efficiency last year. The talent's not bad if they yeah, stay the healthy. the talent isn't I, bad. Yeah. It's the scheme and the actual, you know, putting it to the field. The talent is there. Yeah. 6-0. and They make it through both. I hope you're right. Put it on the board. Put it on the board. All right, the Panthers. They'll lose first game. Yeah. <laughs> Who do they open with? Vikings oh. in Minnesota. Oh, not good, Jim. Alexa, change my bet. <laughs> Five and one. <laughs> no, I'm sticking with it. Six no, and I say they got an outside shot of uh, sneaking into the. After week two. Four and two. Three and three. 
<laughs> Shoot. All right, the Panthers, their win total sits at eight. To me, McCaffrey takes so much pressure off of Cam Newton. Not only is he a running back who can get great running yards for you, but you can rely on him as a legitimate receiver in your pass game, too, who can catch the ball, make guys mess after. I think Christian McCaffrey in the second year with a healthy Cam Newton makes all the difference for this team. I have them winning 10 games. Take the over on the Panthers at 8. If Cam stays healthy, I go over. Um, they made some nice little additions of defense. They had some guys restructure their contracts to make money mm-hmm. uh, available for them. So I'm, I'm going to go over too. And I really like McCaffrey. I like eight. I think eight's a good number. I think you said ten. Yeah. I think nine. I like nine. I'm if nine, on yeah. the over, but I like push to nine to me. Yeah. The Saints' win total is ten. How much of a hangover did they have from last season's playoff loss? I don't think any. Uh, I think they pick up where they like, I mean, uh, dropped they, off. Yeah, I I don't think so either. If anything, it might make them. I think it makes uh, it better. Yeah, they're actually my Super Bowl pick this year. I'm hitting the over on ten. There's so much talent on both sides, and they were near the top against the run last year on defense. I really like the over on ten for the Saints. Yeah, I go. I, like I go over. They're they're a pass interference call away from being Super Bowl champs. I think they beat the Patriots if they. Yeah, yeah oh, I agree. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for the future bet. Fighting times, man. Fighting times. Yeah. I was at church too during that game. I couldn't even like during the Super Bowl. I couldn't even. That was an awesome day because I went I went four for four that day on the yeah. spread and the points. All right, Buccaneers win total is six and a half. This is my better mortgage lock of the year on the under here. As a fan, I would be 100% fine with them going 2-14. However, Bruce Arians comes in. Him and Jameis are potentially a match made in heaven, unfortunately. Both are risk-it-to-get-the-biscuit offensive guys. They love going downfield. Uh... And if it works, they could really hit off a few wins in a row and get hot. But if it goes bad and we see the Jameis that we know and love in the NFL where he's constantly throwing the ball downfield, I think his pass completion rate on throws, I think, gosh, what was it? On throws of 25 yards or more, his pass completion rate is like 29%. Mm, Wow. And he throws way more interceptions than touchdowns. So, could go really bad. If it goes really bad... It could turn into being something really good. Tank for two, baby. Let's go. Uh, the defense was the worst in the league last year. And with new uh, defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, they're moving to a 3-4 base. It's going to take some time for the guys to get adjusted to that. I know they've all played football their entire life, but it still takes time to adjust to a completely new scheme. Unfortunately... It's just not going to be good. So, bet the under on six and a half for the Bucks. Yeah, I, I lean under on that, especially if they start out the gate struggling. Then I think that's when you you've got to pack it in. Yeah, and officially go all they out do. tank mode. Gosh, I hope they just. It's the first four games to me because if you make it through the first four, you're three and one. You almost feel obligated to try to make a run for it. Yeah, but if you're two and two, especially one and three. I think there's not a question what you've got to do. 
So the standings in this division, I have the Saints winning, followed by the Pan- Panthers. Panthers, who's that? The Panthers, then the Falcons, and then the Buccaneers coming in last. I hope. I got, I the, I got the Falcons. <laughs> winning the division. With the Saints coming in second. All right, let's move on to the NFC West. The Cardinals' win total sits at five and a half. In all honesty, this is the one team I have no clue what to do with. I no. In all, I mean, if you're really betting, don't touch this number. There's a new coach, new system, new new quarterback. You don't know what to expect. I have no clue how any of it will work. They are projected, however, to be one of the top five worst defensives in in the league. With that, I would lean under, but I'm not touching it. So Kyler Murray cannot leave. College with an awful defense to get to the pros and expect to have a decent defense. Yeah, he still has a sucky uh, defense. Man. And then Cliff Kingsbury also has a sucky defense. Yeah, so that seems to follow. Well, uh, I go under. I mean, they win five exactly. Yeah, I, I don't know what to expect. I think Kyler's on. I think he's going to do well. It's kind of like Baker. He's going to start off well, but I'm eager to see how defenses adjust to. Yeah. Because I feel like he's more dynamic. He kind of presents more of a Michael Vick factor than most quarterbacks I've seen lately that run that do running more often. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited for Kyler, honestly. You know, a lot of people wrote him off to the MLB, and then he chose to go in the draft, got picked first. I'm I'm kind of pulling for him actually. I want him to do good. I think he will do good, but I think defenses eventually catch up with him. All right, now on to the oh, ghost. Hey, quick thing, sorry. He's I just alive. looked at the steps, saw what time it was. I was supposed to be at my mom's house about fifteen minutes ago. Oh, to cook dinner. So, um, even though I know I've been just very chatty, <laughs> this podcast, um, I will have to bid farewell for this podcast. Well, buddy, uh, give us a listen, subscribe to us on iTunes, and as always, have a great day. You too. <laughs> I didn't know he was still alive. I didn't either, honestly. (laughs) All right, so the Rams, the win total was 10. Do you guys think Belichick might have laid the framework to stop McVay's offense? Mm, In in some ways, yes, but in other ways, I think he may have just made McVay a better coach. Uh, Yeah, that's a good way to spin it. It makes me wonder if getting to the Super Bowl, if it might, that being in that environment, maybe kind of. Not handcuffed him on what he wanted to do on offense, but was a little bit more conservative, so to speak. Just kind of fill each yeah. other out for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and they were in a tough spot because you've got Todd Gurley, who nobody really knows what the heck is going on with him, but we know he's not 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got a quarterback, Jared Goff, who's formidable, but yeah. you probably don't trust in the Super Bowl enough to tailor your game plan around him slinging the ball across well, the field. Here's the real problem with Goff. You're replacing two all-pro guys on the offensive line with second-year guys that you drafted in 2018. If those guys aren't as good as the guys they're replacing, which they're probably not going to be in their second year, you could probably get golf pressured a lot. When golf is pressured, he only completes 43% of his passes. See, with me with golf, he is a less athletic, better arm talent Mitch Trubisky. Yes. I think they're not that far apart from each other. Uh, this Rams defense, to me, besides Aaron Donald, is kind of starting to age around him. They regressed last year, and now they bring in 
guys that are past their prime again, including Clay Matthews. Aaron Donald is the best player in the league, in my opinion, but he can't do it alone. I think 10 is really the right number for them, but I'll lean under if I have to play it one way or another. 10 feels right. I, I lean 11. I think I actually think they'll cover two. I like 11 on that. All right, the San Francisco 49ers, their win total is 8.5. Jimmy Guadalupe returns, but injuries are still a concern for this team. Kyle Shanahan is brilliant offensively, but can he actually lead a team and be more than a play caller? They're the most penalized team in the league under Shanahan. Can he clean it up? The O-line needs to play better. The three games that Jimmy G played last year, he was pressured on almost half of his dropbacks. I've actually forgotten his last name. <laughs> it's Garoppolo. Because uh, I've got to say he's calling him Guadalupe. Um, there was eight and a half. Yeah. I, I go under. I say eight, seven to eight. You just don't – you haven't really seen him have a formidable team around him. and I mean, he's, yeah. he's been hurt. Um, not enough confidence for me to – Say they cover at all in that. They're projected to have the easiest run defense schedule in the league, so maybe they can run the ball and take some pressure off of Jimmy G's shoulders. But they they do have good depth at running back. Uh, their defense only intercepted two passes last year, which marks the worst number in league history. I take the under on them. I take they got the eight, eight and a half. Looking at their schedule, I actually like them to start off hot. Uh, they draw the Buccaneers first, which I think they'll beat the Buccaneers. They got the Bengals as well, which I think they can beat the Bengals, and then the Steelers at home. I actually like them to start off three and zero, and then they get the Browns. So if, if they beat the Steelers, they might have a pretty good year. Yeah. So they'll be sitting, let's say three and zero. They get the Browns that could possibly be four and zero, considering they get the Browns at home. They go to the Rams, which they'll get annihilated, and then they get the Redskins. So. You could very easily see them starting off maybe five and one. Yeah. Maybe. Depends okay. on how Guadalupe plays. But. They'll go in two and three now. <laughs> <laughs> the curse. Yeah, the curse is smiling. As long as the Falcons hit. Yeah. Yeah. All right, on to the Seahawks. Their win total sits at eight and a half. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll both return. And that's about it as far as familiar faces for the Seahawks team. The defense last year was average, and you lose two secondary players, including Earl Thomas, which effectively ends the Legion of Boom. Bobby Wagner's back, but he legit just a couple weeks ago just had another knee surgery. I don't expect much on defense for Seattle. They ran more than any other team last year, and they're trying to get more of a pass-heavy offense this year to more suit to Russell Wilson and his ability. The O-line was great in the run, but gave up 51 sacks last year. And that's with Russell Wilson at quarterback, who probably used his legs to avoid getting even more. They made a couple changes, bringing in a new O-line coach, and everything preseason has kind of seemed good in that regard. So I would lean for the over on 8.5 for the Seahawks. Yeah, and I'll lean over, especially with the Matt and Clowney to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, that'll give him another motor uh, for the line there. And I don't know, if you're talking about Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, you can't ever really count them out to me. Now, they're not great. They're not, I wouldn't have them in my top tier for Super Bowl contenders, but. All the Hall of Famers, though. They're dangerous. I don't really have much to say about the Seahawks. I, just, I think Seahawks, I keep remembering the teams that are 
defensively, mm-hmm. just suffocating everybody. And it's over the past, what, three, four years, it's just slowly declined. Offense, yeah. And Russell Wilson, you know, he's not getting any younger. I mean, he's slowly in that stage where you don't really see him as tucking the ball and running as much anymore. Yeah. So I'm eager to see how, how they do that. Really, to me, I don't even know if they've got any playmakers for him. You got Tower Lockett, that's about yeah. it. Maybe, maybe if DK Metcalf. Yeah. He's a beast. No, he just looks like a beast. We don't know if he's actually a right. beast at wide receiver yet. So the standings, uh, have the Rams winning, followed by the Seahawks, then the Cardinals, then the 49ers. I think I'd put the 49ers above the, uh, but the what you say, Cardinals? Yeah, I think uh, they're pretty even with each other. I, I think just the experience of quarterback. I think that's going to put Forty yeah. uh, ers above them, Maybe even if it's just a game. Yeah, I agree with Smiley. All right, so on to the AFC. In the AFC East, we'll start with the Patriots. Their win total sits at eleven and a half. Um, life without the Brady Gronk connection. What do you think that looks like? I really don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be weird, but. I kind of forgot how times Gronk was on the team for New England last year, minus the playoffs. Yes. There's been there's been a lot of years where he's missed more games than he's played, so yeah. it's really not something we haven't seen before. But Brady was just so much better with Gronk on the field. Yeah, that going a full season without him is really going to be something to see. Yeah. I mean, didn't they sign like two or three tight ends in the off season? Yeah. And they've already cut like two of them or something. Yeah. And I, I really, for the life of me, outside of the two years, I think it was two years that he had Randy Moss, I'm, I want to see him have that stud pro bowl receiver. Well, he gets Josh that, Gordon for a full year this year. Maybe. But it's not the same Josh Gordon of Stay off the, lead. the Browns. You're talking like a Julio and Antonio Brown. Basically, yeah, even like a top three or four, actually, receiver um, in the league, which, I mean, Gordon could be that. Yeah. And I hope he is because he's on my fantasy team. But <laughs> I, I would love to see him have that Randy Moss again. Just he's done so much with what, to me, seems like less in terms of popularity, so to speak. Um and it's amazing what he's accomplished with what he's had. This year they play the second easiest schedule of pass defenses. So with their O-line, I expect to see a lot of short screen-type passes, uh, kind of like you see with Alabama now, just get the ball in the playmaker's hands. Especially with an aging Brady, you don't want him taking shots. So get the ball out quick. Josh Gordon is back and adds another great weapon for Brady to throw to. After holding the Rams to three points, there shouldn't be much to worry about on that side of the ball. But last year, they finished 30th in sack rate. So they have to do better about getting to the quarterback. They draft Chase Winovich, bring in Jamie Collins and Michael Bennett to help bolster that pass rush. I actually take the over on 11.5 for the Patriots. Yeah, I take the over too. And a lot of that has to do with their division. Um, Dolphins are going to be tanking. Bills don't seem to be making any improvements. Jets are going to be better, but not, I don't think. I think they split with the Jets this year. But not in the terms of um, competing for the division or anything like that. And then then they've also added Nikhil Henry um, from Arizona State. I know he's injured. Maybe can join them a month or so into the season. But, yeah, I'm going to go over. I think they win 12. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they win 13. Yeah. I could see 13-3 and – Maybe even 14-2. I don't know. Ooh. I mean. 16-0. Let's just get. 
Yeah. Now they'll go like nine and nine and seven. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. All right. So on to the Jets. Their win total sits at seven and a half. They bring in Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder. And a lot of people are very high on Darnold in his second year. Jets were third worst in third down distance to go last year. The O-line gets bolstered to help the uh, run game to, you know, to lessen those third down to go distances. Yeah, I'll just go. We talking about the uh, Jets here? Oh, we're talking Jets. about the Jets. Yep. Oh man, go Le'Veon Bell. I'm eager to see what he does. What he miss a whole year? Yeah, I just he's gonna be that you know that bell cow that are gonna hand him the ball probably 20 times a game and try to take a little bit of pressure off Sam Darnold. Yeah, the defense added C.J. Mosley this year, and they really seem to be trending upward after finishing 21st in overall efficiency last year. I'll take the over on seven and a half for the Jets. Yeah, I go, I go over. I, I think they'll be in the wild card mix. I love the Mosley mm-hmm. addition. One of the best middle linebackers in the league. Well, I read a thing. And he's a quietly one of the yeah. best, yes. too. Nobody yeah. really no, talks exactly. about it, but he is really – Just shows up and goes to work. Yeah. Well, I read a thing they were talking – I think it was um, – maybe Adam Schefter, maybe Field Yates. It was one of those two. And they polled – or they asked – coaching staffs across the NFL, what was the biggest free agent signing anonymously? So they didn't have their name attached to it. Mm-hmm. And he said when he asked, he was expecting um, OBJ being traded or Antonio Brown or something like that. And they said the majority was C.J. Mosley to the Jets. Yeah. Which is crazy that the Ravens let him necessarily basically walk. That's, I mean, that's a heck of a steal for the Jets. I mean, it's one of the best young linebackers in the league. And you've got him for – a solid another, what, four or five years in his prime, yeah. if not more. All right, so on to the Bills. Did I say I took the over? Yeah. yeah okay, good. All right, so on to the Bills. Their win total is seven and a half. Year two with Josh Allen. The Bills get some skill guys in there to help him out. They just need to be less predictable on offense. There were certain downs where you were like, okay, they're going to run with Josh Allen. It's definitely yeah. run here. The defense has been the one constant for this team. They're going to be really good defensively this year. So I'll take the over on the Bills at 7.5 as well. I lean – see, that's a great number because I'm, I'm, I'm torn between 7 or 8. Eight eight. Eight. Yeah. I'll, I'll go 8-8. Eight eight. Josh Allen has enough athleticism to keep defenses off-center at times. So I'll go 8-8. Eight 7? Eight. 7.5. Seven. Seven 7.5. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go under. I think 7. Maybe even six. Maybe five. <laughs> Not four, there. Not four. Maybe three. All right, so the Dolphins, their one total sits at four and a half. First-time coordinators on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. I took the over on every other team in this division. That should probably tell you where I am with Miami. I fully expect them to have the number one pick in this year's draft. They're in full rebuild mode and are stocking up draft picks, as you saw with the trade to the Texans. So I take the under on the four and a half for the Dolphins. They may win two games. Yeah. Yeah. But my question with the Dolphins, Fitzpatrick's the quarterback. Is he the better quarterback? Did he beat Rosen out? Or does that mean Rosen's the better quarterback? But because they're in tank mode, they want Fitzpatrick. Fitz is going to start? Yeah. yeah Fitz is oh, start. yeah. They'll win three games. <laughs> but it'll probably be the first three. Yeah. They'll, they'll yeah, probably yeah, start. They'll get real hot. Yeah. yeah. 
He'll start real hot. Oh, man. He, he was the, uh, awful. He was a fantasy point leader for the first three weeks last year. First month like, of the season, yeah. yeah. Man, he's killing it. I picked him up. and uh, <laughs> That's what it was. You picked him up. All right, so the standings, uh, I have the Patriots winning, all about the Jets, and then the Bills, and then the Dolphins. I like that. Yeah, I like that. I agree. All right, AFC North, the Browns, their win total is nine. Under Kitchens, this offense is going to be dynamic. O- OBJ comes in, finally has a QB who isn't past his prom, who I believe can get him the ball and will get him the ball. The defense has plenty of stars, including Miles Garrett. Cleveland loves to blitz, and last year they didn't have the secondary to back the blitz. They had Greedy Williams, and they'll play a top 10 schedule of easiest offenses this season. I take the over nine on the Browns, and good gosh, look at them. The Browns are going to be in the playoffs again. Playoffs? The Browns and playoffs? I know. God, what is the world coming to? <laughs> nine games. That's yeah. the over-under. That's the over-under yeah. for the Man, Browns. Vegas, what are you doing? <laughs> what do they see? No, I agree. Their offense is going to be one of the most dynamic offenses, I think, uh, in terms of production. they're going to. I think they're going to light it up this year. I think you're going to see Baker just doing his thing like he did at Oklahoma. I mean, you got Landry, Odell, you got Nick Chubb. After week eight or nine or ten, whatever it was, Cream Hunt comes there and gives him another dynamic little weapon if he, you know, actually was able to get in and play. The Browns have suffered for like a thousand years and over the past five or six years in particular, they've, they've used the draft to finally get them where they are now. Yeah. And you couldn't have, you, it couldn't have worked out any better for uh, Cleveland how they've done in the draft and how they've gotten all the picks they've done through trading. In, in the past, and, like, three years. But yeah, and Before that, yeah. you were drafting Trent Richardson and Brandon Whedon. And let's let's not go there. But, um, <laughs> Don't do my boy Trent. They have, <laughs> them going through the draft kind of reminds me, it's kind of like similar to Atlanta in the farm system in baseball, like how they've built up over the past few years. And yeah. now – is the time they're about to get the ball rolling. And I can see Cleveland being a, uh, dare me say, a Super Bowl contender in the next two or three years. Yeah. I don't think it's far-fetched. Um, I, I go over. I think they win 10. I think they win game 10 in week 17, and that's what wins in the division. Because I think going into the last week, there's going to be a path that the Steelers could somehow win the division possibly. I think it's a situation where they're both – where it's like one's going to win the division and one's going to be in the wild card – I think they get win ten. We win number ten in week seventeen, and they win the division that week too. God, Browns in playoffs—that just sounds so weird. The Steelers' win total sits at nine. Mike Tomlin referred to this offensive this offseason as a cleaning of the locker room. It's all on the defense. And they traded up to get Devin Bush, which fills a much needed hole for them. I think nine's the right number for them, but I actually kind of lean over. Wrong. That. Eight. I think they push. Yeah, I think, I think, I think nine's, nine's really the right Ten, number. Ten, nine, and eight. Yeah. The Ravens' win total sits at eight. Everyone talks about how run-heavy this team is going to be, and they play the second easiest schedule of run defenses this year. But don't discount Lamar Jackson's arm or the talent at wide receiver surrounding him, especially if Mar- Marquise Brown gets fully healthy. 
I think that Hollywood Brown can be a real star in the league. The defense stays fresh thanks to an offense that keeps the ball and runs the clock with the, with the run game. They lose C.J. Mosley, and you know that's a pretty big blow to your defense. Like you guys were talking about, that's one of the biggest trades of the offseason. Yeah. But they have a really young, really talented, and quick linebacking core, and I don't think it will affect them as much, especially since their schedule is projected to have a below-average offensive strength to match up against. I go over eight on the Ravens. I like that. I like eight. Yeah, I like eight too. I, I like. If I lean over. I like eight. I'm gonna to not say push again. I'm gonna go over. I think Lamar Jackson gives some of the lesser teams in the NFL enough problems that they get it by one game. The Bengals. Oh, the Bengals. Their win total, yeah, four Bengals. It's probably like at six. Win total sits at five and a half. AJ Green is out for a few weeks. Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams is out for the year. It just gets worse and worse for Cincy. Take the under at five and a half. I would even take the under at five. Yeah. I'm taking the under. I hope they don't. I hope they go over by game because I don't want them anywhere in the mix for Tua. Yeah. Or any of these quarterbacks that are going to be coming out the next year. Maybe but, Justin Herbert. He can get yeah, it. he can go since now. I don't care about <laughs> or if, if we had to bet, just, I know this is kind of off topic in terms of NFL, but since we're bringing up the draft. Do y'all think it's a lock that two goes first? I don't. No, I think I some. I think a team. I think there's potential if he has a good year. Jake Fromm could go first, and I that's kind of who I want in Tampa Bay. I'm not gonna lie. He's, he's your traditional. Safer yeah. yeah, I like Jake Fromm. I feel like he's a little safer with the ball. Actually. I think the Dolphins are getting the number one pick, and I think they're taking Tua. And I would not hate for Jake Fromm to be the quarterback in Tampa Bay. All right, now let me ask you this. But we're gonna ask it up and draft. Somebody else, I don't know. Jake Oh, God. What? Rick Juan Davis. What, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll straight up take a defensive lineman. What? We'll give Jameis an extension. Off the top of my head, NFL teams, I don't know that there is another NFL team that I would least want to play for today than the Bengals. Like, I'd rather go to the Browns now with their culture change. I'd even probably rather go to the Bills with their fan base than That's Cincinnati. Screw that. No. It's just as cold everywhere else, just about in the NFL. Uh, not in Atlanta, not in St. Louis, not in, uh, well, not St. Louis, but L.A., uh, I mean, all the places with the domes, man, it's always warm. That's true. But outside of, like, weather, just uh, organizational. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want to go to Cincinnati. They're slowly becoming Maybe the Browns now. Detroit. Like, I wouldn't want to go there either. Yeah, it's neck and neck for them, yeah. too. Yeah. All right, so the standings, I have the Browns winning, followed by the Ravens, and then the Steelers, and then the Bengals. Yeah. I have Browns, Steelers, Ravens. And I think the Browns and Ravens, I feel like that could be a coin flip. They really could, yeah. AFC South, uh, the Texans' win total sits at 8.5. My bet your mortgage lock is on the over 8.5 for the Texans. The concern was O-line. You bring in Larry Tunsil, Watson, crazy good, has great weapons around him. He just needed time. You've filled that void with Larry McTunzel on the O-line. Defense was great against the run, but couldn't stop anyone in the air, uh, ranking 28th in pass defense overall. I think that kind of gets fixed this year. They'll be a little bit better. I'll take the over 8.5. Over. I'm thinking more like 10 or 11. Yeah. All right, the Colts' win total sits at 7.5. Weapons are all around this offense. 
They have a good O-line. These guys should have been Super Bowl competitors. And then your franchise quarterback, Andrew Luck, retires. Jacoby Brissett is not a franchise quarterback. Correct. (laughs) I do think, based on where they could end up in the draft, they could potentially get Jake from. This defense is going to be potentially great this year. I still hit the under because of Jacoby Brissett, but I would really stay away from this. What's the line? Seven and a half. Holy crap, under. I just don't. I don't think they've got the offense to compete. They have the weapons. It's just the quarterback. Again, I don't think they have the weapons to get there. (laughs) They'll go ten and six. I think they go seven on the dot. I think they start off hot because I think they're going to rally behind Jacoby Brissett. I thought you were about to say Andrew Luck. No, I mean, they, I mean they're going to rally behind Jacoby Brissett, win a couple games, and then they'll struggle, go below 500 after about the first month. Five and 12. Well, five and 12 is not possible. Five and 11. Five and 11. <laughs> All right. Unless, I mean, you could make so. a wild card run or win the division at five and, yeah. five and 11. You know, I mean, you're not going to because the Texans are there, but yeah. Anything's possible. Jaguars, their win total is eight. Nick Foles, he's there to stay. They have a defense. I believe Jaguars are a playoff team. Take the over eight on Jacksonville. Yeah, I like over eight. Finally, some stability at quarterback for them. I, I definitely think over eight. I like that. I like them covering eight. Uh, Tennessee Titans, their win total is seven and a half. Just take the under. Uh, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Titans this yeah. year, uh, mainly because of Mariota. Another team that not many people are talking enough about getting yeah. in the quarterback mix. So the standings: I have the Texans winning, followed by the Jaguars, then the Colts, and then the Titans. Yeah. I just hope Derrick Henry has a good year. This being his first year of actually being the guy. Over under Derrick Henry, eight hundred and fifty yards for the season. Yeah, I go oh, over. way over. I go over. Does he get twelve hundred? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I there. think your numbers should probably be around fourteen fifty to fifteen hundred because he he is the guy. They don't really have anything. Wide receiver wise, you're going to be very run heavy, and you really don't know if that's what is cons- going to be healthy. That's what concerns me is them. I think they will be run heavy, and I feel like everybody teams will adjust to it. On it. All right, so the AFC West, the Broncos, their win total was seven. They add Joe Flacco, but there's no great weapons around them. They face the second toughest schedule in the NFL. I take the under seven for the Broncos. Under seven. They don't have a quarterback. They don't really have any weapons at wide receiver. They got good running backs. Defense, I think, is going to be pretty solid. But, um, yeah, I go under. Definitely under. The Chiefs' win total is 10.5. They are projected to face the toughest schedule of defenses in the league. This offense, even against that schedule of defense, is going to be great. Not good. Great. A lot of fresh faces on defense, and they replace some great defensive play- players, which is not ideal. I take the under because I think they're going to go ten and six exactly this year. I I feel like as much as I don't think it's going to happen, I could see them having a 
sophomore slump under yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but he's just so talented. I have a hard time not seeing them win 11 or 12 games, regardless of the defenses they're facing. I mean, he carved everybody up last year. And I just – I think they just keep clicking. Yeah, I, I go over. I think 11. If it was 12, then I would, I would go under, but I think they get 11. All right, Chargers, win total sits at 10. This team is loaded. Uh, the only concern for me is the offensive line. Even with the Gordon holdout, I take the over on this trade. Or on this, yeah, on the 10. Yeah. I, I take the over. I go over. Their defense is going to be nasty. Yeah. The Raiders, win total sits at 6. I don't care about any offseason additions. I don't care about anything. I have zero faith in this team. On both sides of the ball, take the under six on the Raiders. I think they win seven games. I'm going to go over, but barely. Them. I like six. I think six is a safe, good number. Obviously, because Vegas says so, um, and they they're pretty right. They're usually right. Yeah, more than they're wrong, and they're probably right 55 to 60 percent of the time. It seems like, yeah. if not somewhere around that neighborhood. I like six. I think six is a good bet. I'm eager to see the card a brown. Assuming Brown gets the right helmet, uh, I, I I'm I'm ready to see what the offense can look like. I'm ready to see what Josh Jacobs can look like and how yeah. they utilize him. So in this division, I have the Chargers winning, followed by the Chiefs, and then the Broncos, and then the Raiders. It just sucks to be a yeah. I'll agree with that. It sucks for the Raiders because of the division they're in. I mean they're. Never going to win the division. They might go one and seven in the division. And that's probably a home win against the Broncos. Yeah. So that is our NFL. Oh, wait. Let's move on. Um, Who's your Super Bowl picks for this year? First time in a long time, back to back, I'm going with the Patriots. Yeah. That's mine. Or that's who I had the Saints facing. I have the Saints winning, but I have Saints versus Patriots this year. Falcons versus Patriots. (laughs) I believe it's a rematch. Dylan stands with Stanford, and you're standing with the Falcons. Hey, they got to be good one year. They were, and then they blew a 28 to three lead. I'm gonna go. Yeah, Pat Saints. Saints win like 35 27, somewhere in there. Interesting. Drew Brees retires. So I think I still feel like Brees has like three more years in him. I think he does too. Yeah. The, the only way he would retire is if he just had this desire to end on a Super Bowl. Patriots win. Does Tom Brady walk? Yeah, I think I think he might walk after this year. Anyway, the way they adjusted his salary to give him his house extra, is up for sale. Yeah, his house is for sale. They gave him extra money this year. I think everyone in that organization he knows it's coming. They he kept knows it. They kept Stidham instead of Hoyer. Yeah. Which I mean, let's not I'm not gonna lie, Stidham actually looked very good this preseason. He was the best yeah. rookie quarterback I mean, in preseason he, probably. He looks really good. Um and it's just no, apparently Daniel Jones was. It's, apparently Daniel Jones lit it up. I never watched the Giants preseason game, but He made some pretty dang good throws. Yeah. It was neck and neck between him and Stidham. It's just unfortunate that Gus Malzahn didn't utilize Stidham the way he should have. Well, he never will. Like he has to have this Bo Nix, Joey Gatewood type runner. If if he would embrace the Lincoln Riley philosophy, Auburn would be legit. Yeah, yeah. And thing is, I think Bo Nix would be a better quarterback at Alabama than he will be at Auburn. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Even if, even if he didn't have the receivers Alabama has right now, 
I just think he, I think Gus is just a quarterback killer. Yeah. If, and I if hate that. Malzahn is here all three slash maybe four years of Bo Nix's career. This is the first time we're going to see just how good he, of a quarterback developer Gus Malzahn is because we haven't seen it up till now. And it makes you wonder, since we're on that topic real quick, you know, Gatewood was a redshirted last year. Yeah. So he had a whole year in the program and then another, uh, you know, fall or summer, you know, he had a summer, fall camp, off season. Bo Nix comes in. I don't think he came in early. Mm. I think he came in in the summer. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm going to have to look at it again. But it makes you wonder either Bo Nix is that good or Gatewood is just messed it up somehow. That bad. Yeah. Because at one point during that game, you're sitting there thinking he's got to change quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And he never did. So it makes you wonder if he's just sink or swim with Bo Nix right now. Because Bo Nix just saved him. Like I said the other night, he just saved Gus a week's worth of hate mail. Yeah. And he might have kind of sort of maybe just saved the season with yeah. that one throw. I think he – yeah. I don't I don't think that's a stretch. All right. So let's move on to our bets of the week. I did uh, all three of mine in college football this week. I've got first Army versus Michigan. I told y'all in the last episode that I had Army actually winning this game, but just to play it safe, Army plus twenty-two and a half. I'm taking Army to cover that. UAB is a eight-point favorite against Akron. I'm playing the homer bet here and saying UAB will cover against Akron. LSU is a five-point favorite against Texas. I have LSU covering that against Texas. My three, I'm going to go NFL. Uh, first one, I'm going to take Rams, three-point favorite on the road at the Panthers, which, by the way, Panthers were three-point favorite 48 hours ago, and then it swung oh, wow. to the Rams. But I'm going to take we Rams. Need to, we need to check some Panthers news. Something must have happened. Um, watch Cam not play, but nobody knows. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Rams minus three over the Browns, I'm going to take the – I mean, over the Panthers. I'm going to take the Browns, who are a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Titans. I think that's – if I had to have a lock of the week, that's the one I would lean toward. Mm-hmm. And then the third game that I'm going to take, Chargers, only a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home over the Colts. Um, three that I'm looking at, I very rarely do I touch NFL. Um, I like Boise covering 11 at home against Marshall um, this week. You said you took Michigan, right? Yes. You take an army to cover that? Oh, yeah. Not a, that's a, that's, I like that. It's not a bad pick. Um, I like Syracuse going to Maryland. I think the, uh, you know, 79 points putting up against Holt High School was great for Maryland in their first game. But uh, Syracuse, basically, it's a pick em game. And I like Syracuse. They're a one-point favorite to go into Maryland. I like them. Uh, I like Missouri. 14-and-a-half uh, against West Virginia. West Virginia is trash. Awful. Um, I think that's pretty much a lock, too, even though Missouri looked bad against uh, – shoot, who'd they play? Wyoming. Wyoming. I, I still think Kelly Bryant and them get it done at home against West Virginia. Speaking of Syracuse, my gold star of the week goes to Coach Hugh Freeze. The dedication. Oh, the, the dedication. That's the uh, greatest thing ever. Did y'all touch Ohio State? You might touch that. Mm-mm. The 16-point favorite against Cincinnati. I think they – should cover. I feel like they should win that by four touchdowns, but we'll see. I feel like the early on in the season yeah. is the time to like – The favorites? Yeah. yeah. You bet heavy on favorites, it seems yeah. like. 
Um, unless you're Tennessee, but yeah, that one game cost me. So let me let me throw this out there. My one of my biggest takeaways from week one. Not a ton of great football teams. I know it's just week one, but yeah. you, Alabama looked impressive oh. after first quarter. Clemson looked impressive. Oklahoma, outside those three, I mean, I guess Ohio State could be put in there. But Georgia, you they thought they would run away with Vandy. And granted, they faced somebody. They faced a quality team in Vandy as opposed to Alabama playing Duke, which, I mean, Duke is probably a – I don't know. I think eh, – Well, they really say Vandy's got three NFL guys on offense. Yeah. And Duke, I mean, you heard it in the broadcast, might have one on the entire team. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, Georgia is supposed to run away with that. Uh, the SEC did not look great at all in terms of conference pride. Tennessee killed that. They looked awful. Yeah. Uh, South Carolina losing to North Carolina. That was not supposed to happen. Missouri going up to Wyoming. That's not supposed to happen. Um, almost losing to Memphis wasn't a shock, but – how ugly it was. Oh, it was awful. And I mean, they had, they brought in a uh, guy, offense coordinator, I can't even think of his name right now. Rich Rod. Rich Rod. Um, and their defense coordinator is McIntyre yeah. from Colorado. You yeah. got all those, all that time to prep when you put up 10 points. Yeah. And Ole Miss is supposed to be running a gun. And I mean, they're Matt Coral was a quarterback. And I mean, Ja Reed, where they kind of got into it, he got into it with Matt Luke. Talking about the play calling, how it was god awful, and they had to separate them. I mean, it was not a good look. But two games this weekend we get to look forward to. Do you guys think the Clemson AM game is going to be good? I have a sneaky feeling it's not. No. I like, yeah. I have a feeling it could be good for a half, and I still think Clemson will be up like 10. Yeah. Maybe four. Close enough to make you think, like, maybe A&M can make it a Close game. Close enough to keep now. you interested yeah. in watching yeah. the game. I think it'll be real good until about five minutes left in the first quarter. And then it's just not going to be pretty. Because it'll be 21-0 to zero then. I think it'll be good watching them run down the hill. And then after the ball, after they blow the whistle. <laughs> they kick it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I do. I will say this. I think A&M has a chance if they can play good defense. I don't think they're going to win the game. But I think they could possibly cover the, what yeah. was 18 I could yeah. see it because I'm eager to see how Clemson plays offense. I think A&M beats Clemson in the fourth quarter. Like they'll, they'll, seven to three, they'll maybe. score seven to three. Yeah. <laughs> um, that a way to win the last one, guys. Yeah. The other big game after the weekend, I flipped. I, I, I'm taking LSU I over think Texas. LSU. I, Texas gave up a ton of yards. They didn't give mm-hmm. a ton of points, but gave up a ton of yards. Yeah. And then LSU, and it was in the air, and Burrow. I think it's kind of a big game. I I don't think they run away with it, though. I think Texas at home keeps it close. Ten, six, ten points. Honestly, after this weekend, if LSU goes in there into Austin and beats them, let's say by two touchdowns, it would not shock me at all if we have a 11-1 LSU team and a 13-0 Alabama team. Make it to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, and I think that'd be the right move. I think you're even. Let's say Georgia goes undefeated, which they play, and then they lose to Alabama. Georgia doesn't play LSU this year. They don't. So let's say you get a two twelve and zero Alabama Georgia and eleven and one. The good thing about that is LSU and Georgia will have common opponents. That way, you can see 
You'll have the Alabama in common. Then you'll have Auburn. the Auburn in common. Who's Georgia get out of the way? And they then you have the Florida in common. A&M. And A&M. So you can really compare and contrast the two teams and see which one is more deserving well, to get in. And then outside of that, LSU will have the game at Texas. Then in this scenario, they've won. Mm-hmm. Georgia will have the game against Notre Dame, which in yeah. this scenario, they'll win. Which, which I think yeah. LSU yeah. going into Texas would look better. I agree. Obviously. Yeah. I agree. It should. Um, the only reason I don't think – it might not would be if Texas were to lose two or three games after that. Oh, I think Texas might go. Which Notre Dame? I don't know what their schedule. Eight and four, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I could see Texas. I mean, if they lose LSU, I still think they lose Oklahoma. They may lose one more, but they probably should be favored in the rest of their games. They'll be favored. I, I think maybe Oklahoma State is another team that could potentially Just get in there. Well, I really thought Iowa State was going to be a dark horse contender for the Big Twelve until they uh, wrong. You know, they pretty much, if it's not for Brock Purdy diving in for the ball right mm-hmm. there at the goal line, mm-hmm. you know, that ball game's over. Yeah, I mean, he saved. Potentially the corner season for them, but I was really expecting them to make a, a run this year for to win a division and get into the Big Twelve championship. Well, they don't really have a division, do they? Yeah, yeah. They, well, no, they don't. No, have it's a just they, they just play the, the round two, robin yeah. and then they take the top two. To I could, I could see them possibly making their way into it. I mean, if it's I think like so. Texas, Oklahoma, it could be Iowa State. Yeah, but. Man, it's just good to finally be talking about football. I know. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we just started doing this last year, and it went by so quick. I really did, yeah. And, I mean, we're already – it's September 2nd. I feel like we just got done watching Alabama get annihilated by Clemson. Unfortunately. It, it, sometimes it takes a butt whooping to build character back up and get your mind straight. But – all right, well, thanks for joining us for this episode of Against the Spread. Like us on t- Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Spreaker. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and as always, have a great day. someday when